Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. Well, hello, everybody, and here we are in December 2019. Hasn't time flown? This last week, I took a bit of a road trip up to northern Queensland, particularly Mackay, to do some professional development training for an RTO up there for around 35-odd trainers and assessors. And I took the opportunity to talk with the owner of that RTO to look at some of the challenges facing regional RTOs. And also some of the positives as well, like supporting local community and so forth. So I sat down with Deb O'Shea, and you'll hear this interview now. And at the end, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, because I'm interested in trying to get great stories from interesting people around the sector. And with your subscriptions, it sends a positive signal to those who would like to have their voices heard, that there is an audience out there in the sector saying, you know what, we're hungry for information. We're interested in knowing what's current uh, and what we can do. Speaking of that, of course, it was an update to the TAE training package this last week uh, with an additional couple of electives added. Nothing substantial, but we didn't expect that just yet anyway. The uh, formal announcements hopefully will happen next year uh, as to any changes that are coming up within that package. Very, very interested to see where that leads. Anyway, without any further ado, uh, let's hand over to the interview. So I'm here with Deb O'Shea talking about uh, regional RTOs. Now, Deb, how long have you run a regional uh, training organisation? Uh, six years. And tell me about the, the process of getting this underway and, and, and how, I guess, running a regional organisation differs from your experiences of maybe the, the metropolitan ones. I guess mainly it's to do with the size of our organisation as opposed to the bigger guys and the resources that we have available to us. So we have to spend a lot of time actually developing our own resources. So um, just to let everybody know, we're sitting here in Mackay. Now Mackay is quite a regional hub. There's a lot going on out here. So for a training organisation, what are the sorts of things you concentrate on to make your business a success? Client relationships. We make sure that we listen to what the client wants. We develop packages uh, specifically tailored to the client's needs and of course making sure that they meet the national training uh, requirements. And relationships with our trainers, getting the right trainers into the right spot and sometimes that's a bit of a a hit and miss. You know, you try um, one trainer that you think is, is particularly knowledgeable on a subject and even though they may well be knowledgeable on that subject, it may not have been um, in an, a short enough time frame that they have the industry skills to, to keep it current and keep up to date with exactly what's going on. Now, one of the things I hear about a lot with regional RTOs is how hard it is to remain compliant. What are some of the things that you've run into as, as, a, as a regional RTO that you'd say, God, this is hard because we're regional? We manage compliance and, and maybe we're a little bit um, sticklers for the rules but everything we do has to map to the current standards and um, ASQA requirements. I guess the only difficulty we generally find would be how a client wants something delivered and getting them to understand that yes what you what you want is relevant but you also have to include you know plan and prepare for example, which they, they often say, well, that's part of our site procedures. 
yes, it may well be, but we still have to include it in our package if you want a statement of attainment issued against that competency. So one of the things I was thinking of when I asked that question was things like distance, uh, getting people to central locations to, to undergo training and things like that. Have you seen that as a, a, I won't say a barrier, but have you seen that as a thing you have to overcome to, to run a regional RTO competently and, and profitably? No, not really. We Most of our training is actually conducted on site. So we send the trainer to the client and that's where the people are. Um, I guess the, the one time every year that we do have that as an issue is when we run our professional development for all of our trainers and you know some of them have to come thousands and thousands of kilometres to actually attend. Some of them come from overseas to attend depending on where they're training at the time. Uh, so not not for clients, not for um, learner cohorts, but definitely for the trainers, yeah. A lot of your trainers then are based uh, what from home and they travel to and from various things, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. So one of the other things I've always been interested in with regional RTOs is how you grow your business when you've got a, a, a fixed um, population, I guess, where you're trying to grow it from. How, is, is it market share? Is it, you said before, relationships? What grows a business in a small market? What, what's worked for us is that we've simply, we started off working very closely with one particular uh, mine site that approached us to write packages and supply trainers for them. And then sheer word of mouth has expanded us across now multiple sites um, and the support industries that go along with mining. But we also branched out of mining. We don't focus all of, even though we're Mackay based, which in most people's minds means it's mining industry. We branched into forestry, uh, some aviation packages, a lot of health packages, um, depending on the demand from the client and the trainers that we are associated with, yeah. So it's, uh, if I can hear you right, obviously getting your foot in the door with a, a decent client that can pay the bills to start with is a great start for any, any business. But then looking at what else the region needs and then, and then going out of your way to supply that. So you mentioned health. What, what do you do within the health business? We do a lot of the Mines Rescue um, training packages. We do the, all of the first aid training right up to and including the skill set for occupational health and safety. And we also have recently uh, put on scope the Certificate 2 in Health, which honestly I can't remember the name of right at this second. Um, and one of our trainers who is a very experienced paramedic just put a number of um, people from a particular mine site through that package using the facilities at the base hospital. It's uh, basically a two-week course with a lot of homework and a lot of study and stuff to come in afterwards. Um, but what they're doing is they're training up people on site to actually hold that qualification, which will help them should there ever be any kind of an incident or accident at site, make things a lot easier for them. So you mentioned PD before for your trainers. How important is it, and I mean that's a binary question, but how important is it to you that your trainers maintain not just their vocational competency but their, their trainer competencies as well? So industry currency for our trainers is almost automatic. They work on site, they work and train within the industries that they work in, if that makes sense. As far as increasing or continuously improving their skills as trainers, uh, look, it's a legal requirement, let's face it. So you need to do it 
um, as an RTO, we have a legal obligation to ensure that our trainers get that training. We will obviously recognise if a trainer's signed up to do the diploma, uh, vocational education and training, with spec training of course. <laughs> um, and and that, that all goes towards their um, professional development, but it's not enough. They need to get together and share ideas, share experiences. We find the, the two-day training that we do here invaluable for a number of reasons. And even though we get amazing training and, and everyone learns something and everyone has a lot of fun, the really important part for me is the trainers all getting together. And it's whether like you lot sitting around last night um, playing guitars and singing songs and talking about their experiences. And we can all learn from each other all the time. It's amazing and very important, yeah. So we refer to that in the education world as social learning, you know, that, that opportunity to learn from each other when you're in a social setting as opposed to a formal or informal training session. And, um, yeah, I definitely heard that uh, just talking with the, the trainers that you've got here today. Um, and just for those listeners out there, we are actually undertaking a two-day uh, professional development um, session here in Mackay with 35-odd um, uh, trainers. Now, um, the, the discussions they've had between themselves after the formal training sessions have been really enlightening. They've actually said, oh, I could do this differently, or I heard such and such say this, I hadn't thought about it that way. So it's, it's really quite, um, what's the word? Um, not empowering for them, it is empowering for them, but it's actually very gratifying for, for us as RTO owners and trainers to see that sort of uh, information bleed into, the, into what they're going to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we are committed to running that the same thing every year. Uh, we're actually hoping that we can find ourselves in a position where we can run it twice a year because we think that our people really benefit from it. And by extension, the clients are going to benefit. They're going to get improved training and more enthusiastic trainers. And let's face it, that's, that's what we all need. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to passion in training, I was mentioning this to some of the guys earlier, that uh, if they can have that passion, not just behind the subject they're trying to teach, but also just in the training itself and watch the eyes of all those people in the class, they're going to have a much more enriched experience, not just for the people who attend, but for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really important because trainers are getting burned out because especially our guys, they are working. You know, one of our guys, if you talk to him today, he's got like three Sundays off for the next eight months. <laughs> he needs help, we need more more trainers and I don't want these wonderful people with that vast experience to burn out and be no use to anyone. Um, that's very cynical <laughs> and I love them all dearly, I don't want to see them get ill over this, so yeah. So we started this by talking about the well not the problems but the issues, concerns that face a regional RTO. Everything we've talked about so far really is for any RTO. You build your relationships, you, you look at your market, you build your market within it. So you've done that very well. When it comes to the regions though, with um, is there a limit to growth in the regions? Or do you think from a regional RTO's perspective, you can grow beyond just your location? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We're located, we have trainers all over Australia. We have trainers in New Guinea, Malaysia. One of our guys is going to Germany. Um, in two weeks yeah so there's this scope there's potential everywhere it's about whether or not you have the service that the clients looking for and and how you can um, support the costs involved with sending one of your guys to 
um, Germany <laughs> and hoping that he's not going to have fun on our credit card. <laughs> so, so you mentioned um, uh, the system, well, not, mate, you didn't mention, but I, I was thinking as you were saying, it's important to have the systems in place to allow that growth. And you said you've only been uh, operating as an RTO for six years. So what sort of tips can you give other maybe training organisations out there, how you grow, how you scale up so quickly to have, uh, you know, go from that one relationship with a mine site where you've got some, uh, a small amount of training through to now where you've got, um, you know, dozens of trainers around Australia and, and, and around, you know, the world going out there training. How do you scale that up? It's just a natural progression. I think the most important thing for... My business partner and I is that uh, we're straight with our clients, we're straight with the learner cohorts, we're straight with our trainers. We play by the rules at all times. We won't accept anything less than meets the standard in anything we do. And I believe that that has promoted the word of mouth that's gone on around us. and it's just grown by itself. We, we, we don't do any kind of advertising anywhere ever. Uh, although we do sponsor. We sponsor, do a lot of sponsorships. We support the local school. We support the bowls club. You can see our sign over there. Um, a whole bunch of local things. But they're all about local. We support our community. And I think that people appreciate that. And it, and it comes back to you. But that's not why we do it either we do it because that's how we want to spend our advertising dollars yeah the accountant always says you know you've got a certain budget for advertising well we're not giving it to tv or radio or podcast (laughs) we're giving it to where it can be used for something tangible yeah and the one thing i would definitely recognize especially with the feedback i get about your organization and other regional organizations that do it well is is that exact thing um, they don't go out there to advertise particularly it's more about developing the relationship with the community does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah well deb look thank you so much for your time today it was nice to have a good chat just off uh, you know away from the guys and have, have a good chat about your business and how uh, regional rtos in australia can actually really thrive based on things like relationships uh, thinking about your clients, making sure they come first, treating your trainers well. I love that. It's uh, a huge thing that you do that really um, is reflected in the success of your business. And then also, as you just finished off there, supporting the local community. So, um, yeah, uh, is there anything you'd like to maybe add to those other trainers, maybe? Not just RTO owners, but trainers out there about how to be um, more successful in what you do? For the trainers... Focus on your professional development. It's You're always out there training everybody else and upskilling everybody else. And you, you have to understand that it's so important that you increase your own skills. Sign up and do the diplomas, attend uh, podcasts, webinars, whatever you can do. Everyone should go to the VELG conference. Uh, get onto your RTO and ask them when they're running some PD for you guys and get together with all the people that you work with because you can learn so much from each other. It's insane. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Deb. It's been great talking to you. Thanks. Thank you again for listening to the Vocational Education Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe by going to Apple Podcasts and searching for VE Podcast and subscribing. Or you can go to SoundCloud or you can go via our website, which is www.spectraining.edu.au and just click on podcasts. Talk to you soon.